This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, you're listening to The Morning Run in front of me wearing his uh, obligatory black BFM t-shirt. It's the one and only Keith Kam. I'm wearing black too, but no BFM on my t-shirt. Uh, this is strategist's reason for this. I don't have to think about what uh, what I wear to work. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's true. Saves you some money too, a, right? A lot of time actually, because you know we wake up like uh, super early in the morning and you don't want to like you know figure out what you want to wear for the day uh, so, I do a BFM t-shirt I do I do figure out what I want to wear for the day it's actually one of my little joys but we wish um, wish everybody a happy Friday uh, because today is Friday the 5th of August and of course it's just gone past 6.01am now uh, it's Fortunately, not raining this morning, but I think weather will probably be erratic over the weekend, so do take mm. care. Uh, but in the meantime, we have, as usual, a very packed Friday show. So at 7.15, did you know that 70% of Malaysians live in coastal zones, but that we are also at the mercy of beach erosion? So we speak to Associate Professor Dr. Effie Helmi Arifin. Of the, he's the Deputy Director, Institute of Oceanography and Environment at the University of Malaysia, Trungganu, to find out how bad the situation is and can it be reversed. Yeah, and at 7.30, we find out how does a global economic slowdown impact ASEAN. Since banks are always seen as a barometer of the general economy, we check in with Tilan Vikramasinghe, Head of Research, at, at, head of Research Singapore at Maybank Investment Banking Group for an Outlook. Then at 7.45, some startling statistics. By 2056, Malaysia will be in the same position with, uh, as Japan with regards to an ageing population. Are we ready? Or are, actually see, are we really already excuse me, seeing signs that we need to adjust our policies? Hawati Abdul Hamid, researcher at Kazana Research Institute, otherwise known as KRI, tells us. So all this and more, keep it here at BFM 89.9. 6.07 Friday, the 5th of August, and of course you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Wong Xiaoning together with Keith Kam, and that song was the, thri- the Trip by Still Corners, which I think some of you all are probably contemplating in terms of going maybe a short chuti-chuti Malaysia over the, this weekend. Yeah, that would be actually a great idea, especially with the weather so so nice, right? I... Provided there's no bungee well, or landslide. Maybe don't go uphill. <laughs> like phrases of Cameron's, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, they always get some landslides. Uh, but this morning, uh, we are looking at some interesting articles. Um, and the one that has crossed, uh, well, at least kind of interest me, which was picked by the intern Bernard again, uh, is this article about accents, the regional accentism that secretly affects job prospects. And I wonder whether he chose this because he felt it personally. Does he hey, have an accent? Uh, I think <laughs> all of us, all of us have an accent, right? That, are, that is True. unique to us. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it. And the fact that we are Malaysians because we are multiracial, we all carry a little bit of our culture and our race together in, ter- in, in terms of how we speak. And also just the mannerisms and choice of words. But I would have to say, as Malaysians, I am super proud of the fact that our language is a bit roja. I, I love that, actually. Uh, in fact, I always feel a sense of pride whenever I hear Michelle Yeoh doing a voiceover. Like when I saw her in, the, in, 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 in Minions. Mm. Uh, 
she sounded just so Malaysian. So there was a Malaysian minion out there. Yeah, and 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 I and I kind of love it. And and it's like um uh it was maybe it's because our ears are so um attuned to listening to that kind of Malaysian accent. So when I first uh when we when we watched her on uh, Memoirs of a Geisha, so it was her Zhang Ziyi and uh, I forgot the uh the the Japanese actor's name, but the accents were so and and Gong Li and the accents were so so vastly different. But the one who spoke the English that I understood most was Michelle Yeoh. Of course. <laughs> and I have a little story about being Malaysian and sounding Malaysian. I was in a lift in a departmental store in Berlin. Kadawe, yeah. Going up to eat, obviously. <laughs> As usual. Going up to the sixth floor where they have this beautiful uh, food hall and you can choose what you want to eat. And in the lift, I was with, a, with another Malaysian and they were these two uh, looked like Germans to me. And I turned to my friend and said, so what are we going to makan? Literally. <laughs> and the man turned to me and says, you're Malaysian. And I said, how did you know? Because only Malaysians will say, so what are you going to makan? And he, then he says, by the way, I live in KL too. I'm oh. just here for Christmas holidays. And you know what? Exactly that. People pick up our accents. They're very distinct, right? And it's for us, sometimes it reminds, even for this expat who lives in Malaysia, a little bit of home. I, I I I pride myself in uh, listening to to people's accents and trying to guess where they are from. But and it's I, a joy. I enjoy it, and yeah. I don't think there's. A, I want to state here clearly: there is no bad accent. Oh, accents are not. beautiful yeah. to listen to. They unless you fake it. <laughs> yeah, unless you fake it. So please don't fake oh, that it. That gets me. Yeah, but you know what? Do you think it it is? Um, something that hinders you in your job though because we have certain biasness, right? Mm. So we have said that we enjoy different accents but sometimes that's not always the case. See, we work in radio and um, I believe we are okay with accents. Yes. It's just that uh, I think we're just particular about grammar. And clarity. I and mean, clarity. you have yeah. to be able to be heard on air. Mm. And People understood. Have, yeah, yeah, and understood. I think that's the criteria. So of course, if you listen to, to BFM throughout the day, there are Many, 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 yeah. many, many types of accents. Starting at 6am with me with the, the Chinese auntie accent. That's what I call myself. Uh, and then ending the day with, with uh, Lin Chui Lin sounding very clear and crisp and very polite. So it varies throughout the day, I think. Yeah, different ends of the spectrum. Different here. ends. Yeah, she's not an auntie, <laughs> only I am. But I wonder whether employers are so open-minded and whether in turn... It's it's not the case. And I think this BBC article actually highlights that. They even hi- uh, mentioned some studies in Germany where if your accent isn't the norm, you could earn as li- 20% less than your peers, which is, which is a shock to me. And it's got nothing to do with your competency or your deliverables. But I, I do find that um, with, with Mandarin, though, uh, mm. there are different accents which kind kind of uh, indicates a sort of social class and, and uh, standing that, that you, you come from. Uh, England and- is one class example of that, isn't right. it? I mean, you, you always laugh at this, you know, Prince Charles accent or the Queen's English. But there is a certain, you can almost recognise it. It's very distinct. And it's this classism that might be an issue if you're looking for a job. Yeah, I think so, for mm. sure. Now, the question is, how do we overcome this? How do we not have certain biasness, which is unfair? How do we eradicate this? 
I think oh. then it's maybe we have to enjoy the the fact like like we do that people have different accents and I, go back to whether they can actually just get down to work and deliver their KPIs. I'm like thinking, you know, we already have biasness over skin color and 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 race, and now on top of that, we add accents to it. Well Unf- done. <laughs> Unfortunately, these are the biasness we must be conscious of, right? And mm. that's the reality of it. But do let us know what you think. What accent actually do you really like to listen to? I like actually the Barbados one. I think that's very cute. South Africa also has a nice twang to it. Uh, bear in mind, like I say, there's no bad accent, okay? Let us know what you think. Uh, you can tweet in at BFM Radio. You can WhatsApp in 018-789-8899. Do let us know what you think. We'll be back after these messages. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You're listening to The Morning Run with Keith Kam and I'm Wong Xiaoning. 618 Friday the 5th of August and that song was Human by The Killers, which is very apt because the next article that we are looking at is about whether we as humans are kind and whether we should be more kind because it's a it's a also from the BBC mm. and it's a, actually a series like a podcast series it was a podcast series I, I, I listen to the BBC World Service fairly frequently um, yes my favourite too yeah it, it's sort of like I, I guess it helps me improve my delivery and, and maybe even with the content. You mean the, you don't content. steal their work? Uh, <laughs> no, I we try no, no, not to. Try not. I mean, we really... <laughs> I, I'm inspired by their inspired. work. That's, that's, that's the right difference. word. Actually, I mean, their, their programs are fantastic. Yes, and the, 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 the issues that they cover, the range, I think their objectivity, clearly, you know, something we all aspire to in the world of journalism. But this one is entitled The Anatomy of Kindness and it's 10 things we learn from the world's largest study of kindness. And you chose this, Keith. Is it something you aspire to be or you already are? I just kind of like uh, realised that, uh, especially the conversation we had yesterday when we talked about, um, you, you know, men perhaps living a little bit longer. And it's not so much... I mean, the conclusion we came up with is not so much how long you live on this earth, but the impact that you have uh, on this earth. And, and YOLO, we YOLO. About, yeah, yeah, YOLO. Yeah, and, and we talked about the importance of just being kind to people. Uh, so some of these key findings that they, that they came up with was that, uh, you know, the pandemic did make us a, a, a lot kinder. Uh, there's a link between kindness and well-being and your mental health, obviously. Women carried out more acts of kindness and we worry about our office of kindness being missed interpreted and um, you know being kind also goes hand in hand with being ethical and empathetic ultimately being kind makes a difference mm. that was the conclusion of the whole thing so it gives us hope it does give us hope I we, we talked about uh, they talk about uh, the link between kindness and well-being and uh, especially in, in the workplace uh, is a kind boss uh, a lot more effective than one who is a, a lot more assertive, uh, you know, rather than listening to stuff. Are you talking about stuff. me? Um, are you talking about me? We are all kind here. I mean, <laughs> no, not always. I what, can be imp- quite assertive. <laughs> but what's important here is uh, you can be assertive and kind, but the important thing here is that you are assertive and uh, you're, you're kind and empathetic. Mm. You are always aware of... Uh, what your staff is and these things are also contagious because if you're kind to one person that person would be kind to somebody else and it's a paid forward sort of thing and kumbaya we have a better world you know unfortunately we don't live in this idealistic world right if mm. everybody had the same message right if despots actually read this article and really believed in it we would clearly be in a very different different place um so how do we then inspire kindness uh, in our circles and even beyond, right? So you're right. How do we inspire kindness in our office place? It's very important. Someone like me spends like two, three quarters of my life working, you know, uh, trying to I have my colleagues become friends. How do I inspire them to be kind? 
how to be a better boss, and then also just in terms of total strangers. This is the one I find interesting. Now, it might be easy to be kind to people that you know, Mm -hmm. right? Or the people that you have to interact with. But is it hard to be kind to strangers? does, Does being the people that you don't know bring out the worst in you sometimes? The philosophy here would be, do unto others as you would others uh, as you would uh, uh, as you want others to do unto you yes that would be I yeah mean, but it, I, I if anything you know I think whether it's human nature to do exactly the opposite of that why is that though I think because you think it doesn't make a difference and why should you care? You can just be, you know, you can be nasty because you can get away with it. You think you can get away with it. But, you know, there's this thing called karma, right? Everything comes back one full circle. So I think what is really important is also not just being kind to the people you know, but the people who you don't know and whom you can literally, and this is the mean part, you know you can get away by being mean to them. See, um, you know, my pet peeve is, you know, when I park my car, I really hate someone to park behind me. Oh yes, whatever, me. <laughs> whatever you do out there, people, do not, do not block Keith Kam's car because I he mean... will be in rage, and the rage is R A G E all caps. So to prevent that, I usually park the car with the butt sticking out. A so bit do further, I. So the no two of one... us are guilty of that, but that's because we both don't like it. It's inconsiderate. Exactly. So that's that's the thing. Uh, that's a line between. Well, there is there isn't a line between being kind and considerate. Uh, you just need to be considerate because how would you like it if someone parked behind you and you are in a hurry like uh, you know maybe your wife was going to labor for example yes you might have left your phone number there uh, but you would have to call that person to come down to move their car yes you know you thought you had you had been very um, considerate, considerate already yeah but you've wasted that that extra five to ten minutes just to move your car and to me that is just not on well, that's not well. Unfortunately, it does happen. But when you look at Malaysia, so bringing back this conversation about kindness to strangers, I think one thing that we really did very well during COVID nineteen was the Jaga Kita Jaga campaign, right. right? And I think that's an example where kindness in society towards people in clearly in need to total strangers made a difference to everyone, right? Because I think we coped better as a result. Those that were in the privilege to give cope better as a result because we felt we were doing something positive despite all the negativity and the people who received it knew that society was looking after them even if certain sections of people were supposed to be doing that and didn't and it, and they fell through the cracks and we were there to pick that up, pick it up. Sadly, now that the pandemic is sort of over and things have gotten back to normal, everybody's back to their unkind, inconsiderate selves. I hope that um, that of course is not the truth. So, you know, do let us know what you think. How important is kindness in your life? Maybe tell us about a kind act that you received that made a difference to your life. Let us know what you think. You can tweet in at BFM Radio. You can WhatsApp in 018-789-8899. Up next, of course, is the 6.30am news. And to take us out is Flame Trees by Cole Chisel. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. And that was Feel Good Inc. by Gorillas, And we hope that we certainly make you feel good on I, this Friday morning, which is that, the that, 5th that song, of August. Do you love that song? That, that song reminds me of uh, the food poisoning I had last Why? week. Why? Why? Why did you make it sound so horrible now, Keith? Think about it. Think about it. Anyway, anyway, that was the voice of Keith Kam and I'm Wong Shaoning. Now, at this time of the morning, we are looking at some of the international headlines that are crossing the news wires, portals and newspapers. 
Keith, what is it all about this morning? I guess it's Taiwan, Taiwan, <sighs> Taiwan, right? Front page of the Star today is a photo of Taiwan's Keelong Harbour. The story is about the live fire military drills that China is conducting around the island following US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit uh, to, to Taiwan a couple of days ago. Uh, China also deployed fighter jets and attack helicopters, which could also be seen from Taiwanese territory. And um, I did some checks as well uh, to, because there were, there were warnings about uh, civilian flights around Taiwan because of the... Uh, what looked like a blockade around the island, and there were there were uh, warnings issued to civilian flights that they should avoid that area. Um, what I did find out was that uh, the Taipei's Taoyuan International Airport, uh, its website is down. I can't check for you know uh, flight availability, but if you go to Flight Aware or Flight Radar Twenty Four, there are flights still going in and out of uh, of the airport. And the Singapore Straits Times is also reported um, in their website that life goes on as normal in Taiwan as China's live fire drills begin around the island. So the Straits Times reporter there said that uh, people aren't panicking. Oh, there's no panic buying, nothing. No. People are just get going about as if this is like another day. Um, if you go to Google Maps and you uh, zoom into this island called... Uh, if you just look for Xiamen in uh, mainland China, mm. uh, it's just about two or three kilometres uh, to the east of uh, Xiamen is an island called uh, Jingmen or Kinmen Island. That that island belongs to Taiwan. Um, it's literally screaming distance from from mainland China. You could throw a rocket. Yeah, and uh, what I've been reading is that life goes on as as normal there. They've seen um, uh, military drones flying close by, but uh, Taiwanese military have uh, been able to deflect these 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 drones. But life goes on as normal. I think uh, for Taiwanese, they're so used to this, right? Um, they've somehow managed to just to, to learn to cope. Now, other news actually, which is related to um, the Russian-Ukraine war, and mm-hmm. I would say a casualty of it, is uh, Brittany Griner. She is, of course, the basketballer who has been det- in detained in Russia. She has now been sentenced to nine years in prison and a one million ruble fine in what many say is a politically charged verdict. Now, let's be clear, she was carrying some contraband. Yeah, yeah a, a minimal amount. Uh, but what I think people are saying is that nine years for an offence like this seems a little bit harsh and I think it's more politically driven rather than actual actual justice being meted out fairly. I, I, I tend to agree with it, but uh, also the thing is, it was such a preventable crime. You know you're not supposed to do these things and yet mm. you do it. So do I say you deserve it or you don't deserve it? But it's the penalty I think people, penalty. Have kept, people exactly. are questioning yeah. about. So I think it's likely that there will be an exchange deal happening. So uh, Russia wants to swap Griner and Paul Whelan, which is a former US Marine arrested on spy charges in 2020, uh, f- for, I heard, a murderer that is located in Germany. So this is what was reported on Bloomberg this morning. Uh, convicted murderer, by the way. So, you know, it's as if like they really want their pound of flesh and their ounce of blood all together at the same time. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, udang di sebalik, sebalik batu lah. Yeah, this, I'm very sure yeah. about that. Now, uh, other news, I think corporate news is that the uh, UK actually has raised rates by the most mm. since 1995. They're warned of uh, a long recession. Yeah, so 1.75%, that's what the rate is now after the 50 uh, basis point hike and it's the fastest in 27 years. The Bank of England governor, Andrew Bailey, um, his 
after the rate hike, he says he's concerned, he is concerned of higher inflation if such a drastic hike decision was not made. The latest inflation numbers came in in June was 9.4% and there are already fears that it might hit 13.3% by the end of 2023 uh, if nothing is, is done. I, I just cannot imagine. I cannot imagine 13.3% yeah. in, uh, like in October, by October and that's also driven by the fact that there'll be a surge in gas prices. Now, the point is that they warn, this is the Bank of England, warns that price gains will remain elevated throughout 2023. And this, of course, will cause a cost of, li- cause, a cost of living um, crisis in the United Kingdom. And real disposable incomes are expected to fall more than at any time in around 60 years. So, whoever takes over from Boris Johnson, be it Rishi Sunak, or Liz Trust is going to have a real challenging time ahead. What was the impact like on uh, the FTSE overnight? Well, the FTSE was actually flat. It was only it was marginally up 0.03%. But you know what? The FTSE doesn't really react very much to news like this, I find. Partially because the components of the FTSE index are more European, more global mm-hmm. than they are UK domestic-centric. Now, what we can see in terms of actual reaction is probably the pound that's the fastest. This morning, the pound actually did dip. It is currently against the ringgit 5.4192. But I think against the US dollar, it's... 1.2. So we'll be watching this space very closely. But up next, um, after some messages, will be our local headlines. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. Thanks for staying tuned. This is The Morning Run and that song was Dreaming by Blondie. I think some of us are just wishing that the weekend <laughs> is here. Well, it's Friday, guys, so relax. It's almost here. It is 6.50 in the morning, 5th of August. And of course, in front of me is Keith Kam and I'm Wong Shaoling. At this time of the morning, we're looking through all the local Headlines. So, what has caught your eye, Keith? Tun <laughs> uh, Dr. Mahathir Mohamad has launched a new um, coalition. Another, yeah, Another yeah, one, yeah, okay. Yeah. This time it's a Malay Muslim movement whose aim is to take on AMNO in GE15. Wasn't it called Bersatu, then it became Pajuang? So, now what's the new Okay, so this one, this new one is, okay. is, is not so much a political party, but it's a political coalition. Ah. So, it's like a Barisan National or a, or a Pakatan Harapan, but uh, only people who are of the same race and same religion can join. Okay. Yep. So, All right. Their aim, they are they are eyeing one hundred and twenty seats uh, in Peninsular Malaysia. Uh, obviously, Malay Muslim uh, majority areas. Uh, Good luck to them. This is all for GE GE fifteen. Mm. Uh, so Tun is the chairman of this party, which of this uh, coalition, which who is else called, is in this coalition? Uh, I'll get to that, but the name is called Gerakan Tanah Air. Okay, not right? to be confused with another political party called Gerakan. Yeah, so this is Gerakan Tanah Air. Okay. It's just it's. That which is a multiracial yeah. party, by the way. Gerakan is a multiracial party. Yeah. Uh, so Tun obviously says he's not being racial. He just wants a party. Oh, he's that, not being racial. No, no, no. no. He okay. just wants a party that fights against another one that swindles. Another ah, Malay Muslim party okay, that can swindles. Can you keep up? Can you keep up? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, 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 so this GTA has four political parties in it. Uh, the National Indian Muslim Alliance Party called Iman. Uh, Parti Bumi Putra Perkasa Malaysia called Putra Parti Barisan Jemaah Islamia Se Malaysia Berjasa and Tun's Own Pejuang Okay mm. Well, we'll be watching this space Clearly a lot Maybe new parties coming up just before GE15 <laughs> Now, turning our attention to the New Straits Times actually um, Sorry, Malay Mail uh, It's about Dewan Rakyat yesterday They passed the Sales Tax Amendment Bill 2022 imposing a 10% tax on imported low-value goods which are sold by foreign sellers. So the tax rate for LVG, which is what it's called, uh, for goods priced below 500 ringgit is expected to be implemented 
next year. So guys, those who love to buy stuff on Shopee, Lazada, coming from foreign buyers, which are like cheap, maybe 10, 15 ringgit, guess what? You're going to have to pay 10% tax on it. Or do it before that happens. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know what? If I was actually, the way to play this is to buy all the logistic players, all the listed guys, because they'll be doing lots and lots of sales this financial year before the end of the year. But after that, I wonder whether there'll be a dip in earnings. The, um, it's, the, the whole plan is to ostensibly help our local uh, retailers, right? I wonder uh, how, also how just far a, that will go. Uh, also probably help government's coffers, why not, right? And, and also the argument about creating a level mm. playing field for all retailers. Now, other news, Malaysia Kini reports that food delivery blackout riders plan nationwide strike starting from midnight, which actually happened to, today. So, uh, riders are supposed to go on a 24-hour nationwide strike. So, a spokesperson for one of the protesting groups say that the strike dubbed food delivery blackout stem from what they regarded as an unfair payment scale used by companies. I don't know whether anyone's tried to order food because it's only just 6.53 in the morning and whether they are going to be impacted. Um, the, the, there's going to be... A, 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 they're going to gather somewhere at 4pm later and go to the Grab office with a, with a memorandum. But I think Grab has also um, issued a statement saying that uh, these things are not actually happening, that, they are very, that their payments to the drivers are as fair as they can be. Okay. Yeah, um, I've got some good news actually uh, for government healthcare workers. The Healthcare Work Culture Improvement Task Force is now just finalising its report and it is hoping to complete this within a couple of weeks' time before it is presented to um, the Health Minister, Kari Jamaluddin. So this task force was formed in the middle of May after the death of a houseman at Penang Hospital the previous month. He had fallen from his condo, but uh, it was also reported that he had been complaining about uh, a bullying mm. culture at work if we remember that. Yeah, and mm. okay, now the HCO Morning Brief highlights the PAC committee. Navy chief said something gravely wrong for Mindef Bausted to ignore its views on the 9 billion combat ships. Um, basically, I think this has been an ongoing thing uh, by the PAC, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the, this, this is a big, huge contract with many question marks as to what happened. There are a lot of contracts with many question marks. So I think we just need to... <laughs> well, we need to keep an eye on this and it's exactly the job of the PAC to highlight each and every uh, question mark, especially when they involve huge sums of money because we need to learn as a nation how to prevent such things from happening again. Accountability lah. Okay, accountability, those yeah. magic words, right? Those magic words. Yeah. Uh, what else has caught your eye, Keith? Yeah, the environment is on the front page of NST again. Uh, we, we talked about floods recently, if you remember. The ones in Kedah had been believed to be due to clearing of forests for a durian plantation. But the MB Sanusi Nor said... Uh, Obviously, no, very emphatically. Uh, the Malaysian Nature Society, it told the NST that before that land clearing on Gunung uh, Inas in Balinkada, this had, had this had been happening for a decade and this was probably the, one of the reasons for the floods there. Uh, um, MNS, the Malaysian Nature Society, mm. also issued a warning that a similar land clearing is happening in Bukit Charaka in Shah Alam, near where we live. Yeah, mm. we featured that on our show, actually. Um, but very quickly, Malaysia expects to ink domestic helper MOU with Cambodia in September. This is according to Malaysian Insight because 
you know, our labour issues never seem to go away and I think uh, everybody is unhappy about it, whether you're a manufacturer, whether you're a retailer, whether you're in a service industry or even if you're just a, a woman that is working and desperately wants a domestic helper to, you know, ease some of the, the chore work at home. Uh, but that's all the local news we have for you. Up next is, of course, the 7am news bulletin and to take us there is Dance the Night Away by Cream. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.